It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Dom DeLuise. strongly enough about anything to put a bumper sticker with like i feel very strongly about coexisting so Uh i'm even like we lease and i had gotten i donated to elizabeth warren's campaign and i'm like i'm not putting this sticker on my car i want her to be the president but i don't want i'll put a magnet to have a sticker on my car yeah i have two magnets on my car one is your shop Uh and one is a brand that i created in grad school Mm Yeah, two brands that you have faith in. Yeah. Like, you have to really be dedicated to something in order to decide, like, yeah, I'm going to be a bumper sticker guy for this thing. Oh, my God. You know what? It happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it does. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? Um, It was good. It was really low-key. I did a puzzle, mm-hmm. like, voraciously. Can I use the word voraciously? It sounds like you can. Puzzle? That sounded good. Because yeah. at least it was like, Megan. I don't understand why you can't just look at me right now when you're talking to me. I'm like, mm-mm, not leaving the puzzle. You were in the zone. I was in the puzzle When zone. you're looking for a corner, you're looking for a corner. You no. can't... No one could take me away from that puzzle. I was like... What kind of puzzle are you doing? It. I did it. I sat there and I did the whole puzzle. What was it? It was a 500-piecer, mm-hmm. and it was of a, like, an old... So, like, an intermediate puzzle. Yeah. It, th- I'm a beginner <laughs> at this puzzling. I'm not a puzzle. Like, this is my first kind of uh-huh. realization that I absolutely love doing puzzles. And um, it was, like, a 1950s storefront. Okay. Puzzles are fun as hell. Like, I haven't done a puzzle in a long time. I have a cool one, too. I should show you when we're done recording. It's, um, my mother bought it for me a few years ago. She bought one for Justin that was like, um, we'll say like classic rock and roll, Mm -hmm. like in a collage kind of thing. So it's got like the Stones album cover, Aerosmith, all sorts of like weird shit on it. And she even said to me, she's like, so your brother really likes music. And I know I was thinking like, what's the one to one? And she goes. So I got you the classic TV one. I'm like, yeah, no. It's, it's got the Brady Bunch. It's got the Connors. I love it. It's got I everything love it. on it. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this God. is definitely the one-to-one yeah, television. The one-to-one. I love it so much. Yeah, so uh, apparently I feel like doing a jigsaw puzzle is like playing Uncharted the video game. It's like the same thing because you're like solving pu- puzzles and trying to get through a section. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is just like Uncharted. And like, me. you're not on a screen, man. I know. Oh, I had to hear my girlfriend say that. (laughs) At least you're not on a screen. Like all the other millennials glued to their devices. But she was in shock when she saw how focused I got with the puzzle. Uh I'm like, I can't. This is my, I have ADHD. And you got a good puzzle table, Megan. I will say that is a really good puzzle Mm -hmm. table. It's just high enough that none of the animals could bother it. It's a perfect rectangle. Oh my God. And then I just like. flat surface, not like a. Like, your old kitchen table used to have that tile. Oh. Years, I mean, worst, by old, yeah. I mean, you know, like I know exactly 15 the years table. ago. But. I used to not be able to do my homework growing up <laughs> on that table. I would have to put a book down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, puzzles a lot of fun. Um, Puzzle? I saw a movie, House of Gucci. Oh, and Jesus. And it was, um, yeah. I'll just say that about it. It was, Yeah. Lady Gaga looks like she's having fun in the trailers for It's that a movie. movie with good acting and a terrible storyline. Really? 
Yeah, like the writing. A lot of weird character actors in the that movie. The writing was bad. Jared Leto's in there somewhere, right? Yeah. Underneath the. Is it Leto or Leto? I don't know. I don't know either. Leto? I have no idea. I know he's under like. I just know like people cosmetic. Love to say his name. Prosthetics. Yeah, he's under prosthetics. Um. <laughs> okay, it's time to watch the Muppets, Meg. Uh huh. Uh oh. I agree. I was just like cold open. Uh, Scooter calls for Dom DeLuise only to find the Swedish chef garnishing his head for dinner. I thought this was cute. Oh yeah, this was strong as an opener. I was like, okay, this episode's going to be kind of quirky and I fun. I was excited too because I'm like, okay, he's a comedian, so like we'll get like a comedic actor, so we'll get sketches this episode, mm-hmm. and we did, and I did not want them, I guess, yeah. as much as I thought I did. This was one of those episodes where we went back in time to season one trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we thought we were in a flow here. I thought we were. I thought I really didn't think a Dom DeLuise episode would disappoint. I can't understand how it, it. But it I can't really understand how it did. did. It really did. And I have to tell you, so I started listening to more of the Jim Henson book. And uh-huh. I got past the part where it was like saying that... Growing up, Jim was like a lady. He was fast. Someone mm-hmm. called him fast. So I was like, oh my god. Some of that stuff is very surprising to hear. Yeah. Very surprising to hear. Yeah. I mean, that guy who wrote this book goes into so much detail about every character. I was like, yeah. enter this character. Now let us give you a little bit of background on this born blah 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 so on the estate to these dense. type of parents. Just like, holy Yeah, crap. it's so dense and thorough and like. I have, I sell in the store, I sell the actual book, because I was like, I don't know, I have this kind of, like, shelf of almost, like, my creative heroes as far as, like, the medium of comics could Mm -hmm. go and pop culture and stuff, you know? So I have his book, I have Jack Kirby's book, I have a Stan Lee book, I have, like, all of these, like, you know, these really creative types who help shape shit like that. And uh, it's a thick book. Mm -hmm. So... Is that the one with the, it's like a white picture of him? Yes, it's like a black and white photo and he has Kermit Kermit in his hand, yeah. Kermit. It, um, it's good so far, but it it very much feels homeworky. It is. You know, it's not. I got, there's, you know what, it's the type of book where you can get on a good flow with it Mm -hmm. and then it'll like, okay. I almost exclusively listen to it on Tuesdays when I'm at a podcast. I have no podcast that I do on Tuesdays. Oh, wow. So I like, I fill in my time with that while I'm doing busy work at the shop by myself. Mm, that's pretty good. But I, it's, it's, it really is great. It just, I feel like, uh, I think I'd rather watch a documentary at this point. Because it's, could kind of maybe get it out a little bit easier. Yeah. It's 18 hours I have left. Well. <laughs> and I feel like I've listened to quite a bit already. I, I listened to a book on Maimonides and that book was like 68 hours or something like Holy that. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know. It was like day, it was like a it was a marathoner. Yeah. Anyway, for the opening number, Miss Piggy sings "Don't Dilly Dally on the Way" with a uh, with a surprising affectionate reaction from the audience, including Statler and Waldorf joining in. I loved this. I don't know what this song was. Statler and Waldorf were tickled to pieces and Wait, you sang totally along. skipped by the fact that. We saw a lot of Scooter's jacket. A lot of Scooter's jacket. A lot of Peggy. P- Peggy. Woo! Piggy with legs. Oh my god, yeah. Piggy with legs. They were showing off her legs, but okay. Let's talk about her. So she comes in with the first opening act situation. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how Kermit was about this whole thing. No. I thought he was a butthead. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this necessary? This worked, too. I mean, she did a sing-along with everyone in the audience. If you were looking for an opening number to like really warm up the crowd, this was it. Yeah. Yeah, and Kermit should be, like, grateful. Yeah. 
Piggy's a good opener. Piggy is a good opener. She opened last week's episode, too, really well. Yeah, I loved it. So then Scooter, in watching the audience's reaction, points out how much they must love Miss Piggy. Kermit quips, yeah, must be an easy house. After Kermit has left, Piggy asks Scooter if he thinks it worked. To which Scooter replies, yeah, and how about the audience I paid off for you? I hate Scooter. Can yeah. we talk about Scooter? I hate him. He, like, proved to be a huge piece of shit this episode. Can we just talk about how Scooter would never be able to make it in, like, a mafia situation, a no. street nope. situation, mm-hmm. any situation like that? He cannot play cool at all. No. Like, if Piggy paid him off, fucking shut up, take your money, Yeah. and do the work. Yeah, he's like a bumbling He's double idiot. dipping right now, right? <laughs> So he's getting paid as the gopher for the Muppet Show. Oh my god. And. Go for this, go for that. And Piggy has given him a little side job. Like, be thankful, dude. I, I really did not like, and we'll get to this later, but I didn't like Kermit at all in this episode, and I didn't mm-hmm. like how he treated Piggy controlling the money at the end either. I was like, this is. Like, Kermit, you're like kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like, really. It, it, it is like, I mean, when we had our friend Kaylin on to talk about too. the Haunted Mansion. And she said that, I think she was the one who said, oh, she likes Kermit. She finds him, what he's charming, he can move things along. And then it's like, well, we don't see that. We have not yeah. seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's kind of a dickhead. And I wonder, like, as I'm learning about Jim, you know, I wonder if Jim was, was kind of a dickhead, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, so far it doesn't seem like it too much. Like, I'm just at, at the part of the book where he's like, he changed his major to the home ec department because of what he wanted to study was in that department and he ended up like teaching the puppetry class as a freshman like Mm -hmm. helping the professor i don't know where this falls i don't recall like where you are if you're saying that which where you are right now yeah but like it's very shocking and very sad to hear how rattled that whole family was by the death of his brother and how like much that all reverbs out into like his personality too it's very interesting. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, it's it's coming up. It's spoiler a, alert. Spoilies. Yes, he does lose his brother and it really does shape Oh my god. everything about him after that. It's very sad to see how how much it it breaks this family to lose a member. It breaks it it's really hard to lose a member of your family. Yeah. It's really like And I mean it was his brother, so yeah. like so young. And then to see that maybe he did get a little bit bitter Maybe along the way because of it, and just like at the you know the loss he was of scarred by it. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Dang, I mean, I feel scarred by the losses that I've had. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I'm um, you know, constant. It's like a constant reminder. We've I've lost a lot of family in the last couple of years, and it's very weird, especially the holidays that just passed. Like mm-hmm. to start being back with family. For the holidays through COVID and everything. It was yeah. really, it was a lot, you know. We're not an overtly religious family, but when we had, like, my aunt wanted to say a prayer over Thanksgiving dinner, and it was like instant waterworks. Like, there wasn't even any words, like, that had come out yet. And it was very, like, is it cathartic? Is that yeah the right word for that feeling, you know? It's wild. That is wild. And these are like the new, like, and then you build, it's, it's so, it sort of calcifies these new experiences happen and build on each other. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it just changes 
the whole trajectory of your life, like the whole shape of a family, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's each member can be so important for better or for worse, but yeah. it really does kind of give a shape to. <laughs> I'm reading this book that a friend of ours recommended to me called um, The Thing Between Us. Mm-hmm. I've only just started it. I love the way it's written and I, I want to recommend it to you afterwards. It's uh, like very much written stream of consciousness. It opens up with this guy who just lost his wife. You don't know how or why. All you know is it was likely something horrific that happened. Mm. And it's all about his sort of stream of consciousness grieving. And it opens in at her wake. Down to the... It opens at the wake that he had talked to his wife that she never wanted. She didn't want a, a proper burial. She wanted to be turned into a tree. And all of this just like moving pieces of coping and now how having to watch other people cope around you differently and how frustrating that can be Mm -hmm. and the like let me know if there's anything i can do for you of it all and the oh my god they used to do blah 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 this is so blah 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 this is them that you know like this like forced perspective and forcing opinions and ways of think people did you thought people did things or things that were important to people yeah. and it like it, i love this book so much and yeah. i'm like ready for it to fuck me up you know what okay. i mean like it's you're already committed. getting there yeah. and i'm like i'm fully ready to, and you're like, reading it physically ball yes yeah that's good it's so good yeah and it's like i don't, I don't know it, it's so true it's so real it's so believable and you're like fuck like it sucks that this person must have had to go through something horrible to be able to write this so well. And again, I'm only like, I don't know, two chapters deep on yeah, it, but it's but, so yeah. good. That's so cool. It's called The Thing Between Us? Yes. Nice. All right, let's jump back to the Muppet Show. <laughs> Piggy reveals that she is trying to grab Kermit's attention. Scooter suggests the notion that Piggy would also like her own spot on the show. Dom DeLuise, as an interplanetary explorer, finds himself on the planet Coosbane. I hated this. I liked all the noises that the things made, but this was just one of those overlong sketches. It bored me to tears. It just, you know... This was so boring to me. It really was pretty, pretty boring. Uh, A note that after the scene, Statler asks Waldorf if he thinks there might be life on other planets, to which Waldorf responds... What do you care? <laughs> you don't have a life on this one. Oh my god! The joke would later be reused in Muppets from Space. Yeah. It's actually very funny. We get another great surprise <laughs> drop from Animal as he performs a drum solo. A few seconds after Animal is through, a final note is heard that confuses him. Why don't I remember that he gets confused by a note? I don't understand that. Oh, it... Didn't it sound like somebody else was playing? Like oh, it maybe? Wasn't. It was like a weird I thing. I probably looked down. Did you realize that he had little beady eyes on his drum kit? I didn't know that. He had like googly eyes on his drum kit. Does he really? Like, you know, the, like on the one of the smaller... I love the drums. teeth on the kick drum. Yeah. It's so cool. Wait, so I was trying to think about what the UK spot was, and I thought maybe it was this, but I guess it's No, that was early. just a second long, so. Yeah. Miss Piggy goes to Dom's dressing room to change as hers is completely full of flowers. Dom expresses his anger that although he's the guest star this week, the only thing people seem to be excited about is Piggy. 
I hated this too. Why did they make them compete with one another? I hated this. I, I hated it as well. I was like, I there's nothing entertaining about this to me. I, Don DeLuise is usually like charming and fun. I, he was kind of annoying and jerky in this. And I and Piggy was a mess, and I just couldn't believe what Piggy was like behaving and what the whole premise of what she was doing to get Kermit's attention is just so yeah. ridiculous. It's very season one. Ugh, very it's season. Very one. season one. When is Piggy gonna like? We thought Piggy was getting more respect around here, but it seems like no. No. I don't think Jim Henson respects Piggy. No. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, does he see seem to believe that she brings not much to the table or something? I, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe he's ha- he's struggling with his relationship with her because it's like, he's like, okay, so trying Piggy twice now, opening the show, mm-hmm. and it's been decent i'm really curious to know if maybe piggy was garnering a lot of attention and becoming like a favorite or something around the time mm-hmm. like maybe she took off and she was a popular character that people really liked yeah, i don't know maybe and you know what another thing i really hated about this episode and i don't know if you noticed but Fozzie was not in this episode at all Fozzie's not in it at all no Fozzie, no gonzo no reason to watch Right? Like, I don't understand. Absolutely, but Gonz, I mean, Gonzo, Fozzie especially should always be in it because Fozzie is Daffy Duck to yes. Kermit's yeah. Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work when you just have he needs just the that Bugs Bunny. He needs the, uh, the beta to his alpha. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he wasn't in this. And I can't see... I can't see an area where he wouldn't have worked. I mean, he he's... You know, he could have been in the what, background. He, like a, he was in the background at the very oh. end, but that's like really it. Pete, Miss, okay, we'll get to I there. I couldn't in a even believe how little of uh, Fozzie Bear we saw this episode. Yeah, he literally is just in a scene. He's not in it. Because Gonzo know? was Gonzo in season one a lot. I don't think. Yeah, so. remember what Gonzo had like a recurring bit. Oh like, yes, he did have he a He tried to have bit. like his he was gonna eat the Jeep. He oh, was yeah, gonna the do tire. he was gonna do a whole bunch of weird shit. Yeah. Huh. Veterinarian's hospital, the scene begins with the audience chanting for Miss Piggy's arrival. Doctor Bob and his assistants then go to milk several terrible cow jokes. Oh my god. This sucked. Oh I don't I don't know. I, I... Literally, that, I think, is the funniest thing, that they milked several terrible cow jokes. That's, I can't keep doing the jokes are bad, and that's what's funny. It's not funny anymore. It's not. We need something fresher. Because it does feel so formulaic. It's just... And we're watching it the way that it was intended to be watched, right? Like, once a week, you know? And I watched it on the real TV today. Yeah, it's not like we're overdoing it. Yeah. We're not overdoing it. I don't feel like, oh my god. All I wanted to mention to you last week when you were like, who's Dom DeLuise or whatever? You're like, the name's familiar or whatever. He looks familiar. Is, do you know that Dom DeLuise's son is an actor? And he was like very famously one of the students in Third Rock from the Sun. Is he really? Yes. He looks exactly like his dad. Oh my god, I think I know who he is. And he was one of the students that, what is his name? Dick? Teaches? Yeah, what's the what is their like, I'm sorry, name? That show's really good, isn't it? Third Rock from the Sun is really yeah. good. I had like IFC on on like Sling a couple of weeks ago, and um, it holds up. It's like still very funny, and it's kind of bizarre to me that like 
Wing, wing, wing. I like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt went on to star like while that show was on, mm-hmm. I would assume, went on to star in Ten Things I Hate About You alongside Larissa Olenek. Mm-hmm. who played, like, his potential love interest in that movie as well. Mm-hmm. And they, like, date on again and off again on that show. That's so weird to me. Oh, yeah! That it seems like it's, like, oh almost a vehicle for these two people that we like on this show that, of course, they have so good... is interesting? Yeah, that's bizarre, right? What station was Third Rock on? I have no memory. Okay. I'm gonna guess, like... NBC, but not, like, the main lineup time. You know, like, it wasn't a must-see TV show. I don't know. Maybe that it was on Fox? really good. I need to know this now. John Lithgow is just so much fun to watch. His name is Harry in that? What's his name? John Lithgow is Dick. Dick, Dick. Harry is French Stewart. French Stewart. Oh, yeah, Harry is French Stewart. Uh, it was also, on NBC, yeah. From... Who's also terrific in that show. Yes, he is. He's terrific. When they would get, like... His character their... with the, like, clo- half-closed eyes. His whole character was that he was, like, the satellite <laughs> yeah. dish, basically, that corresponded with them. So Third Rock ran for, like, way longer than I thought, too, from 96 to 2001. Did it survive 9-11? It did not make it to 9-11. It ended May 22nd, 2001. Okay. But that means that, like, what's his face? Wayne Knight was Newman and whoever the fuck his character was on this show. Hello, Newman. Oh, my God. Officer Don. Officer Don, who dates Sally. Hmm. Solomon. That was their last name. Yes. John Lithgow... Uh, Kristen Johnston, French Stewart, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Jane Curtin. Yep. Jane Curtin's amazing on this show. Yep. Every character on that show is really good. I definitely recommend going back to it if you find it somewhere to stream. I don't know if it is streaming anywhere, but... Yeah, David DeLuise played Bug Pallone, one of Dick's students, as a recurring character. Uh, so after Veterinarian's Hospital, we had the UK spots. Slim Wilson and Lou oh, sing duh. Henrietta's Wedding. Of I course liked this. this is a UK spot. I, I thought this, this was good. Me too. This was like one of the best skits. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't think it was a UK spot, because it was one of the only things I really liked. The Muppets were cool looking. The song was good. It worked. It did work. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem sing Don't Blame the Dynamite. This is cool. Yeah. I, anytime that they perform, it's great. Yeah. I wish I knew what the song was. Let's see. Don't Blame the Dynamite. Is I like that Janice sang on this also. Me too. Like, whoa. Dr. Disney Electric Mayhem performed the original number. Don't blame it on... Oh, it's an original song. That's cool. Interesting. It was good, too. Usually, like, when a song is good, it's because they're covering something. It is. Notable, you know? And you know what's funny? This is making me think of the Jim Henson book. How, you know, Jim wasn't into puppets. Yeah. It just he just so happened to have a little background on puppetry as like something he did for what children's TV yeah after high school in high school it is weird that it seems like he kind of fell into it he, he totally, knew he wanted to make TV that he, was yeah, it like and he totally fell into the puppet thing yeah and could you imagine like I don't know he literally saw a TV and was like oh I want to make this yeah I want to do this mm-hmm. and then like literally going and doing like it. forcing his way into yeah. doing it and experimenting it's like. When I think about the way that he, I don't know, like, remember when the counter monster or whatever monster exploded last week and there was that big, like, pink orb and it was like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. like Yeah, they, they probably in- invented things. some of the shit that they yeah. did. A lot of the gags. Because, especially in order to make it work for television, 
And, like, they talk about, you know, all the monitors that they would use so they could see and how you had to, like, creating the way the Muppets do puppetry. It is its own thing because they had to use the monitors to then do the mirror imaging in their minds. Like, they said, like, it took some time to trick your brain into knowing the way to move and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But you really did have to, like, literally learn how to think opposite. Yeah. I can't, you, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I have a black hit on my eyebrow. And then you go like, and you (laughs) move your hands over and you're like, I can see it on my face. Why can't I move my hands to get to it? Because you're you're looking in the mirror and you're, I don't know. It's insane to me. (laughs) Oh yeah. But it's, it's definitely interesting reading about Jim's life and watching the Muppets along with it as well. Yeah. Especially, you know. I think that like slow binging this book kind of also creates like we can have this conversation mm-hmm. in between too yeah. you know like really digest the whole thing yeah so backstage miss piggy and scooter are engaged in conversation designed for kermit to overhear about her new job offer although kermit messes up oh sorry scooter messes up one of the lines piggy departs assuming it's gone <clears throat> well when she has left kermit confronts scooter about the conversation scooter refuses to talk until kermit offers him a raise Scooter blurts out, the flowers are fake and the audience was paid off. I wrote the fan letters and Miss Piggy doesn't have another offer. Kermit tells Scooter, I like your style. He likes a snitch. I literally hate this whole thing. The whole interaction sucked. Down to like the fake conversation that Piggy was having. It was a bummer. Why? 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 Terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. This is awful. Scooter is such a fucking like pigeon. I hate Scooter. I'm not a fan of him. He's, like, digging himself a hole. He'd never make it in the streets. Like, the coat is cool, but I don't <laughs> think it's enough anymore. He'd get his coat stolen. I think I would jump him yeah. for that jacket. It wouldn't fit me, <laughs> but I'd jump him for the jacket. I'd put on my cat. Yeah. Dom DeLuise welcomes the viewer to Shepherd's Institute of Animal Protection, an organization devoted to the protection of innocent animals. Dom takes mm-hmm. the viewer through the feeding, of, the feeding and entertainment routine provided for the group of the Muppet Monsters in an effort to raise funds. Dom even encourages the viewer to adopt them. Eventually, Dom finds himself completely entangled by the Muppet Monsters. I think this was a good idea, but it was so poorly done. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of... Wasn't there a sketch a couple episodes ago? I don't remember exactly. Where it was like one of these monsters was in a cage... Right, and then they realize like, oh no, the monster hasn't been in the cage this whole time or whatever. Who was the guest that episode? This felt like a re- retread of that, but yeah. like an alt version. Yeah, you know, I love this big brown bunny rabbit looking guy though. Yeah, I, I think that's that. my favorite one. And I also kind of like that they were like, okay, let's use a bunch of monsters in a sketch. Mm-hmm. Muppet Monsters. But still, you know, I mean, that's that's perfectly good stage time for Fozzie and Gonzo that's just out the window. I don't know why they can't do sketches like they do in other sketch shows. Like where you use the Muppets as other just people. Yeah. Like, I think the closest they'd done with that was when they did that weird library sketch where, like, the one person makes the... <clears throat> Noise, you know. Oh yeah, they, yeah. Like they need a lozenge, like where they just use the Muppets as other players, yeah, instead of as like a device. I think it's interesting. I'm like thinking about the book again about how his father was his grandfather. 
mm-hmm. always had like a story and never you never discuss certain things at the table. I can't remember. I think it was I his think grandfather. So. Yeah. They're very interesting. Because they kind of discussed that like his family was a little bit more casual and like playful yeah. with one another. So yeah. that doesn't sound like something that you would hear from his immediate parents. Hmm. Like they say like how like silly his mother was yeah. and all this oh stuff. Oh my god. I forget what his mom did, but I loved where she was, like, trying to convince the friend that he was born with six toes. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like, and just, like, teasing and ribbing with, yeah. like, everyone. It the wasn't... Exclu- pouring like, the milk. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was the pouring the milk. Yeah, what a goof. I love it. Kermit tells Miss Piggy that he overheard the conversation about another offer and has come to the decision that he feels that he feels that will make her happy. He has decided to let her go. Though flustered, Piggy plays along until she, until she finally breaks down and begs him to take her back. Kermit agrees, provided she takes a pay cut. Kermit you. reasons that since Piggy can afford to pay the audience and pay for all the flowers and furs, that she must not need the money. So Piggy's probably already getting paid less than the other players, right? How dare Kermit. And now Kermit's threatening a pay cut. She can spend her money on whatever the hell she wants. Right? Fozzie just buys, what, like, fake flowers to squirt water at people and shit? And well, Fozzie little... apparently doesn't get paid anything. Oh, yeah, he doesn't get paid yeah. anything. And he has to split it with his agent, yeah. too. Piggy is depressed when her scheme is discovered, but Dom cheers her up by singing We Got Us. This is one where, like, Fozzie and Gonzo kind of make an appearance with Floyd and Janice mm-hmm. as well. I think and that's... Scooter. Ugh. I didn't love this either. This, yeah, really this whole episode was an unfortunate stinker in what we thought was going to be. Yeah, I don't a really mean to be a bummer run. about it, but it like it just wasn't good. It no, wasn't a good episode. But I mean, I don't know. We're being honest. I'm not yeah, going to pretend that we're I love committed. every episode. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to watch them all, and I'm not going to love them all. I can't. Yeah, and this was definitely one that I did not love. Now, at closing, at closing. <laughs> <laughs> At closing, Kermit calls Dom DeLuise back out and thanks all in the audience, especially those who were not paid off by the pig. Words Piggy fails to find the humor in. Poor Miss Piggy. When this aired on Nickelodeon, they cut Don't Blame the Dynamite. Why? Because dynamite? I don't know. What, like, precious Looney Tunes like, babies was this show edited for? When, when was this edited for kids on Nickelodeon? Because, like... I probably watched Ren and Stimpy and Looney Tunes and then The Muppet Show. <laughs> and it's like, there's no... That makes no sense. I don't know. I'm really sorry that we had to watch this episode, Megan. It's okay. What a bummer. Who's next? Next is Bernadette Peters. Oh, that's good. This should be good. Hopefully. And uh, we get an appearance from Robin, Kermit's nephew. Robin wants his own spot on the show, but his uncle Kermit doesn't even notice him with a big with bigger co stars like Thog. Who's Thog? I don't know. But oh, Thog's that big blue guy. Oh, nice. But I don't mind Robin, so I'm glad about that. I like Robin. I think he. Um, I like his like demeanor. He's like always oh, like Uncle Kermit. Like yeah. he's like chill and like kind of like yeah nice. I don't know. Sweetums and Timmy. Oh, sorry. So this is this makes more sense. This. Was cut weird. Robin wants his own spot on the show, but his uncle Kermit doesn't even notice him with bigger co-stars like Thog, Sweetums, and Timmy stomping around. The little frog even tries to run away, but just ends up locked up in his own suitcase. When Bernadette Peters notices him and tries to cheer him up, however, Robin finds out all the Muppets believe in him. 
He becomes so confident that he demands to sing, They Call Me, They Call the Wind Maria. But I think I like this. I it sounds so. like a positive episode. Wait, was Robin already in an episode? Didn't he sing, like, very sweetly on, like, a set of stairs or something? I think he did. Am I remembering yep, that right? You in, like, are season one. Yep. So I'm excited to see Robin back, actually. Yay. Hopefully, this is a good one. Bernadette Peters is great. Um, Megan. Have I ever told you that I flew on a plane with Bernadette Peters once? I think you have. But can I tell me This is like your Tony Basil story. Yeah. Um, That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Where Uh, were you flying to? I was flying from Los Angeles to, well, to Newark Airport. So I guess New York City for the most part. And um, our flight attendant was um, so excited. Oh he God. was running around, Miss Peters, Miss Peters, like getting her like special things the whole it was a way. Gay ready. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting like ready to like just dote Peter. on her. Yeah. Like he was literally like we hadn't even boarded yet, and he was like glowing that Bernadette Peters was on his flight. That's so cool. I'm like, glad that gay mind. had his moment. I love and that. on the way to Los Angeles from Newark, um, Gloria Allred was on my plane. Ah, so if like you know that like. Um, if this plane goes down, what's the headline? Yeah. It would have been Gloria Allred or Bernadette Peters. <laughs> and, you know, some idiots from Madawan. <laughs> but, uh, have you ever flying? F- flying. Wow. Have you ever flown with someone famous on your flight, you think? Um, I bet you I've flown with, like, famous golfers or something, and I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Like, something to be, like, obscure like that. Uh-huh. But uh, I know what he... Technicals. Yeah, nobody that I would know. No? I don't think so. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa? In my head. I'm just wow. Kidding. No, you know why I say that? Because for whatever reason, so I grew up and I had this, there was this kid, I can't even say he's my friend, there was this kid in my grade, <laughs> Joseph, and he was adopted and he was adopted out by Mother Teresa mm-hmm. and he would always talk about it. And in my little kid brain... I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I imagine Mother Teresa on the plane uh-huh. with this kid chosen. <laughs> like, like, in a basket. Yeah, like handing him over. <laughs> I don't know, like, why I would think that. Whenever you see someone, like, in, like, a movie or something, yeah. being, like, left on a doorstep, and it's, like, <laughs> the woman has, like, a cloak on, and she puts the hood uh, over, I'm and sorry, then she leaves them. I'm sorry, describing Mario Brothers <laughs> Yeah, I'm basically describing (laughs) them leaving Daisy in the Mario Brothers movie. You're right. Correct. Fine. I like that movie. Oh, Megan. Well, next week we'll be watching the Bernadette Peters episode and talking about that one. Hopefully it'll be better. It'll be great. You can follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at ITTWTM. We have t-shirts that are available if you want over on our Public. The notes have a link to that. Um... I I really guess that's it. Hopefully there's better things to come with Bernadette Peters. Help us, please. Help us, Bernadette.